Sidebar with Cindy on Kaya FM 95.9. One minutes past seven. Um, great show from Daddy John. He'll be back tomorrow evening on KFM 95.9, home of Afropolitan. Welcome to Sidebot Cindy with me, I'm Cindy Sweefan Sale. If you've missed our previous shows, you can visit kfm.co.za and listen to podcasts on FM Rewind. But this evening, we're speaking about intergenerational dating, the blesser blessy phenomenon. After this. Medical issues, sex and family, finance, parenting and emotional development. Sidebar with Cindy. Cindy. Every Monday to Thursday, 7 to 8 p.m. on Kaya FM 95.9. Kaya FM 95.9, home of the Afropolitan. Welcome to Sidebar Cindy with me, I'm Cindy Sue Fansale. And this evening's topic is an interesting topic. I have two guests in studio and will also be joined um, online by um, another guest. I'm chatting to um, Jackie Pamote and I'm also chatting to Alfie Pokobier and they've both written books about intergenerational dating or what we commonly call blesser bless, the blesser blessy phenomenon in South Africa. And we'll be talking about that this evening. Are you in an intergenerational relationship? If you are, you know, how, what's the age gap? And by the way, this is not necessarily um, women um, dating older men. It's, it's, a, it's across the board. You know, wherever you are, if you're in an intergenerational relationship, we want to hear from you. You can call us on 86 You can SMS us on 36959. And you can also use the hashtag Cybard Cindy and KFM Talk um, on social media. So before I take your calls on 86 I'd like to welcome our guests into studio. Um, welcome, Alfie, and welcome to Jackie. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you. I'm fantastic. Thanks thank for, you having, for us. having us. We <laughs> <laughs> sound like twins. <laughs> Okay, so Alfie, I think I'll start off with you. Just, I just need to understand the book that you wrote, Side Chicks. Okay, what, what prompted you to write that book? Let's start there. Well, it was just, it was just a topic that had to be discussed that yeah. everyone runs away from. Um, okay, so I, what do you do? I think, yeah, let's, let's, let's get the listeners to understand what you do and, and so on before we dive into that. Well, I'm into broadcasting. Yes. TV. Um, wouldn't na- let me not name the name of the channel, okay. but I'm into sports. Um, yeah, well, for me, being around, let's say, highly known politicians, um, very famous and rich friends, whom wherever they are, I'm from Pretoria, so all the time, you know? And it, it, it was just that thing that I just looked at it and I said, well, we can write about this, you know? Um, it's there. It's not going to go away. I have... I have I have faced all the insults in the world. I can imagine <laughs> because I mean, of this. I can. I have imagine. faced all the emotional. Uh, uh, um, uh, how can I put this? Opening ups from ladies who who let who who had to tell me how did they um, end up being where they are. Some shockingly were actually forced by their parents. Um, their parents meaning said, "Look, you have the looks. Don't be stupid. Um, go and hustle." You know. So it it comes. It comes in a lot of angles. Um, the one thing on the book, though, that I was very, very careful of is I didn't want to come out as if, like, I was bashing women. Yeah. And I didn't also want to come out as if, like, I call myself on the book Deputy Jesus. I didn't want to come out like I'm a Deputy Jesus and I'm judging, you know. I went, and obviously the guys, you would not get the information that you want from guys, but women end up opening up. And, um, yeah, the, 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 the stories are really shocking and really sad. Mm. 
Okay, so I'm happy that you mentioned that. That's, I mean, it's easy to discuss um, intergenerational relationships and then demonize women that find themselves in these relationships. And I think even when I was speaking to my producer earlier on, we, I was very clear that we're not, that's not the point of the show. I think we just want to explore um, intergenerational relationships. It just so happens that, you know, you, there, there's more, what can I say, there's more um, experience or there's more exposure to, to women dating older men as, as, as opposed to the other way around. But there are lots of young men dating older women. Correct. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that's, it's important for us to say that. So we're not demonizing anyone. We're just having an open discussion about such relationships. Jackie, what prompted you to write your book? <laughs> a hell of a lot of mess. <laughs> <laughs> okay. A lot of mess. Because when I wrote Bear the Blisses Game, um, it was truly writing it from a personal point of view, you know, diarizing what I felt and what was happening in my life at that time. Mm. Um, and yes, I did date a person of a particular age who had some kind of wealth and power, um, who was known to a lot of social circles in Johannesburg, particularly in Santon. And I... I was going through therapy when I started jotting down the chapters to my book just to, you're a doctor, you, you understand mm-hmm. how difficult it is to speak about trauma, to speak about being gang raped, to speak about um, domestic violence at home. So it was part of my healing process. Well, that was what I was prescribed to say, okay, you don't want to speak in therapy. How about you write it you down? Write everything down, yeah. So that's how the book came about. And then going into the stories that I inculcated into the book, I had to speak to a close friend of mine who was part of the clique. Um, in the book, her name is Dintle. And fast forward, writing two other books in after that. So my writing didn't just come from being a professional writer. It came from a place of desperate need and rehabilitation. So that's how my books came about. Okay. And I mean, I think your books are very honest. Um, you've given me a copy. Thank you very much for You're that. You're welcome. And always, I suppose whenever a topic like this comes to the surface, and yes. there's books written about it, there'll always be backlash. There'll of course. There'll be backlash from, from, you know, from people that are you know, engaging in, in intergenerational relationships and, and, and everyone else around you. Um, your family, you know, both of you, your families, I'll, I'll start off with Jackie. Um, who, who did you have to speak to beforehand to say to him, listen, I'm writing this book mm-hmm. and I might reveal stuff that might, um, you know, shake you up a bit. I'm just warning you. Who did you have to go and have that conversation with? Because my book was part of a process. Mm. None of my family members knew until it was front page of a newspaper that I'm releasing a book. And I was scared because obviously because of the lifestyle I had led at the time, my mm. family had ostracized me completely. Yeah. And I had also literally shut myself out from my family um, simply because of my family history with domestic violence. Right. Um, so when my book was announced in, on, in, on the front page of a newspaper, a lot of family members called and said, oh, my goodness, what on earth are you doing? I can imagine. And yes, backlash from aunts, grandmother, father, sisters, everybody saying, how dare you tell our story without our consent? Mm. Um, we didn't even have an opinion in what you have, had written. Mm. You know, we don't even know what you have written. Mm. So yes, after that, we had to sit down and analyze word for word, chapter by chapter, what I was feeling from my perspective and the way I wrote it. And yes, it's, it's a very graphic book. Um, a lot of people complained about it being so graphic because, you know, South Africans and them trying to be Christian all the time. So um, it was tough 
it was really tough. I had to sit down with my father in particular because he he's he really makes a chunk of the first couple of chapters of the book. Um and just lay down how, how I felt, how I feel or how I felt at the time when I was writing and how I grew up and my my feeling towards the way he handled my mother. And it was not nice. It was really not nice. It took about a year for us to even finish discussing what I had written, you know, and um, us going back to therapy together and, and speaking about it openly. Now dealing with what he had done where he comes from as a man, his childhood, because he was a child soldier. Now me understanding how he treated my mother and why he did it. Mm. Because obviously I grew up with a lot of hatred towards him, mm. you know. Um, so those people were a very pivotal um, part of me speaking about what, I, what, gone what I've gone through, you mm. know. And I think it also made the story come to life because it actually happened to real people mm. you know it was not like um i had sat down and just imagined it um maybe that's why it is also so graphic because in my head i can see things word for word detail for detail venue for venue um, and that's how i write it so when i had to explain most of the things that they had n no idea were happening to me it, it was scary you know it, it was um very shocking that I had led the life that they didn't think I would. Under their noses and they weren't even yeah. aware of it. Yeah, um, obviously because of social media and the media, yeah. they knew parts of it, but they had never spoken to me about it. Mm. So, damn, even thinking about it now, because I was with my dad this afternoon, I'm like, geez, man, um, we have come a long way as a family because I almost literally died. From just telling my story. Okay. So we're, so, taking, yeah. Yeah. So we're taking calls on, on um, 86 0009 You're listening to Sidebot, Cindy. And this evening's topic is about um, what I term intergenerational relationships, um, the blessed blessing phenomenon. That's a, that's a phrase that we use in South Africa. And I have two guests in studio. I'm chatting to um, Alfie Pohobie and I'm also chatting to um, Jackie Pamodi. They've both written, written books about this. So we're taking calls. Um, Tom is calling us from Midrand. Good evening, Tom, and um, welcome to Sidebar, Cindy. Yes, Cindy, how are you? Good, thank you. Yeah, I just want to comment. For me, it's more like a different experience. Because I've read some of the books talking about the, the beauty and the blessings for people dating, like all women or old men. For, for some of us, it's a different uh, uh, experience altogether. You know, I, I, I always wanted beauty if I, I had the power or the place to write a book. As a different because for some of us it works and then it helps us build uh, like uh, our family from, from with those 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 uh, so sometimes it doesn't have uh it doesn't necessarily uh, uh say or if, if you dating uh, someone so older than you or a blessing then you don't do it right it goes with uh, what you want how you feel and your experience okay so i, I always thought yeah i was right uh, so i don't uh okay tom we'll get you back on a better line let's chat to utabo tabo's calling us from midrand um good evening tabo and welcome to the show Yes, thanks. We're good, thank yes, you. Thank you. Okay, cool. Um, 
I don't know if this is intergenerational, and I don't certainly have the experience, but it was attempted whereby I had a, so I'm 30 years old, and I had a, a 17 year old girl uh, make moves on me, you know? And, you know, I think she's got a good future ahead of her because, I mean, she's just more, she's very academic focused and whatnot. But the, and I turned her down and she felt rejected. But the reason that she gave me was that because of whatever she's been nice, she thinks that I can guide her and that I've got experience and I can teach her, I can teach her about life and whatnot. And that's got me thinking about, you see, that if, 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 if she's getting such guidance from home, Mm. then she probably wouldn't have, um, you know, wanted from from me to say, you know. And, after, you know, the way I rejected her, I told her, look, she, she's a very nice young girl, she's got a great future ahead of her, and she should, like, focus less on relationships and more on their future. Mm. And she could take care of herself. You know? But she felt so angry. And and I think at home they should, they should focus on that world. I mean, I think, I think us as parents, we should focus on our kids. Mm. Focus, give them guidance, be there for them. It must be their best friends, it must be friends to them so that they don't seek what they lack at home outside, if you know what I mean. I get you. And I think what you're yeah. speaking about is what a lot of people, okay, that's generalizing, but a few people think they attribute younger women um, seeking relationships with older men as them lacking something. There's something lacking at home. They're looking for a father figure or they've got daddy issues. And that's, not always, yeah, and that's not always the case. I think, it, it, look, it could be the case for some people, but they're just generally some young women that just like older guys. I mean, um, you know, older men, they provide security and maybe she wants, you know, to be in a relationship with someone you know, who can provide security for her and not necessarily that because she's lacking something in her life. But I hear what you're saying. I, I, the reason I'm saying is because, look, when they speak amongst themselves, okay, you could be right, but I think it's, it's in both games because, first of all, they say boys within their age group yeah. are very immature, mm. you know, and, and you, we know, we know, it's, it's, uh, um, you know, theory says that women mature quicker than men, mm. you know, that's what theory says, you know, I don't know what she really is, but that's what it says. So, so you find... These young girls thinking that these young boys or well, young children or those at the same age are wasting their time. You know, their thoughts are really far ahead. And someone that's there is obviously a guy that's older than them. But the reason I'm also saying that is because at her home there is no male fear. You know, there is no male fear. Although she, she's focused in terms of what she wants to do with life, but there is no male fear. Okay. And she sort of sees that in, she, I think she saw that in me. And when I turned it down, she was, she felt, she felt angry. Mm. Also, yeah, I okay. guess it's on both ends. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks for that comment, Tabo. Um, Alfie, um, just to pick up on what Utabo was saying about um, how this young girl that that you know wanted to be in a relationship with them had no male figure, so he attributes her wanting to be an older man, um, you know, being as a result of of her not having a male figure. What do you think of that? You know, these ones are very hard to digest if I, I, I may put oh. because like I said some of some of these girls sadly enough are actually en- encouraged by friends by actually relatives and their parents to do these type of things and um, it's a reality a, a, an area where that kind of behavior I, I, I actually wanted to say to him is the girl from Midrand you know <laughs> because it's 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 so full around that side in terms of in terms of it's a lifestyle that side. Same thing, it's more fun 
quick cash um it's basically the hub of where it happens i see now they're moving to hyde park so hey it's sad man it's really sad but, but i also think it's um not even if you're not from a a background that would force you to be in such a relationship it's also self-esteem issues you know, you get to a metropolitan city and you see all these lights and you just feel so insecure and you want to be part of the clique. So you find yourself now wanting to be seen with certain people. And then when you get in, you realize that, oh, I can, actually, I can get more out of it. You know, sometimes your intention is not even getting anything. It's just you being part of something because it's a big city, you know, and. Uh, and funny enough, we speak about big cities, but this also happens like in Guamashu, <laughs> you know, in Guagua, you know, in small, 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 small places. So self-esteem issues also contribute to people looking for affirmation and validation from other people, you know. So I don't necessarily just think that money is always the objective. It's always sometimes just belonging to something. Okay. Well, going to the um, to social media on Twitter, Ubareki says, "But why do we people stress ourselves with other people's lives? We are all blessers at different levels. We can't now judge. What happens when the blesser marries the girl? Will we still complain? We all court a woman differently before we marry them." I completely agree. <laughs> I completely agree because um, I'm Sotho, 100% Sotho, and mm-hmm. in my culture, um, we get married off very young. 16, 17, we married off. Um, and the age gaps would probably be 15, 20, 10 years. Okay. And it's not really like a big deal. It's like, okay, you just married off. But when you come to South Africa, people label these relationships so much that you question the relationship that you're in, you know? And you're like, oh, okay, they call it sugar daddies here. They call it blessers here. But where I come from, it's a marriage. I am dating somebody and we are going to get married. So now because of all these labels and social media perpetuating this lifestyle that people want so badly, we tend to fall into the trap of now believing that we belong to this label, even if your intentions are not equivalent to what the label is. So that's, I do agree with the the person who who wrote that tweet. I disagree. Oh, wow. (laughs) Okay, let's see what you have to say, Alfie. Um, The reason why I disagree, you know, the nicest thing about myself and Jackie is that she will have a woman's opinion, I'll have a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's why we have you on the show. Most blessers, in fact, 85% of them are in stable relationships. Mm -hmm. Marriages. And are married. Mm. There's absolutely no way that guy's going to marry you. He's going to waste your time. He's there to inflict his bloated or empty ego because he's got money. He wants to feel in control. He wants to feel that there's... Most of the guys... I'll tell you a funny story. Last year's Durban July, after the book started being gaining momentum and everything, I walked into my, my key of Mabala noise, right? And people were hiding underneath tables. It was the most freakiest thing ever. No, that happens to me all the time. When I walk in, people just disappear. Yes, it was the most freakiest thing ever because I'm not there to judge or police anyone. I was basically just there to have fun or see a friend and just have a drink. So it, it, it runs back to what I'm saying. Events like Durban July, people are not going with their wives. Okay. They're going with their sides. Okay. So tonight's topic, 
is about the blesser blessy phenomenon, intergenerational relationships. And I'm chatting to um, Alfie um, Pokobie and um, oh, Jackie Pamodze. Oh, Jackie wrote the book Bear and oh, Alfie wrote the book Side Chicks. And just before we took the break, oh, Alfie was telling us about, um, you know, getting to Durban July last year and people jumping under table or mm-hmm. hiding under tables, running away from him. And my whole thing with intergenerational relationships is always, my concern is always about the younger person in the relationship. And, um, you know, as a medical doctor, it's always around negotiating safer sex, right? So, you know, if you're above the age of 18, consensual sexual intercourse between two consenting adults is their business. But I'm always concerned about the negotiation of how the sex happens, where the sex happens. Can we use condoms? Can't we use condoms? And that's really my issue. When I give talks to young girls, I always say to them, I don't mind what you do. As long as you're above the the age of 18, I don't mind what you do. But make sure that you're in a position where if you need to get out or, or get away, whatever, you are, you are capable of doing that, mm. right? Mm. We don't hear about people being stranded in places because they couldn't get home and, and, you know, because they didn't have money to get home and things like that. That's yeah. my concern. So, mm. Jackie, when you were, when you were in, you know, in, 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 in such a relationship or such relationships. One, one okay, relationship. In this relationship. <laughs> how, did you, how did you make sure... Okay, were you able, yeah, let's, let's just be straight about this. Were you able to negotiate anything in that situation? No, there's no negotiation. Okay. So you are in a relationship with someone who has extreme power. Mm. So they control your whereabouts, how you have sex, um, what you eat, where you go, how you travel. So I had no, I had nothing to bargain with, literally. Mm-hmm. It, it was me waking up and being told what I can do, what I can't do. And that really is the concern. Whether, yes. whether the relationship is with an older man or an older woman, someone wields power in that situation. Yes. Yes, and because I was very young and very naive and I had not no knowledge of those type of relationships, I just went in thinking that I'm just dating this person, yeah. only to find that, oh, well, whew, it's a different kind of dating because of his um, power, the power that he had and the social standards that he wanted to live t- towards, you know. Um, so it was now... They had moved from it being a normal relationship where I could say, babe, I'd like to eat fish instead of this. And he would say, no, we're not doing that. We're not eating there. We're not eating with those people. Mm -hmm. You're not hanging around with those friends. Um, I got to a point where my phone had a a GPS that if something goes through my phone, he also is able to read it on his phone. Mm. So I would come home and I look at my messages. They're all been read already. And it's like, why did you go there? Why, how long did you stay there? Can you show me receipts of whatever it is that you bought? Did you, what transaction did you use? Um, even the clothes that you wear, you can't wear a tracksuit. He wants you to wear skimpier clothes, mm. shorter so dresses. almost like a trophy. Yeah, to a point where you're like, okay, you can't wear that makeup. For other girls, I know it goes as far as now changing your breast, um, skin lightening, wearing weaves all the time, wearing high heels all the time. Mm. I was just lucky that I was not forced to bleach or anything like that, but I was forced into a lot of sexual acts. Hence, I wrote the hockey hockey club Mm. to explain those sexual acts, what Mm. they are. Because we think sex is sex, but sex is not sex in the world of the rich and famous. They use it for a different kind of power. So that's how um, my relationship was. But also psychological... um, Enforcement, you know, um, when a person tries to really control how you think, more especially about yourself. Yeah. Um, I, I know at the time I was highly confident, but at, towards the end of the relationship, I was broken and a mess. Yeah. And I think I was completely mentally unstable. Um, 
You, I mean, you had lost, you had lost yourself. You yes, completely. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't even want to look at myself in the mirror because I would be shocked at how much weight I had lost, um, how peculiar I was, um, my independence gone completely, um, being unable to go to my family because now my my movements are monitored, not having friends that I had before the relationship, yeah. um, also just not having the body that I thought I had mm. because somebody can tell you literally I want to have sex now and this is how I want to do it so whether you're on your period or not this is going to happen um, so just losing completely complete control of the human that you are and this person owns it because they offer you money, you travel, you sleep in good places, you eat well um, and they just feel like you're my trophy. I'm going to groom you the way I want to and groom you'll do you. What I want to and do. You, uh, you will do what I want you to do. Okay. So we joined online by Utse Pisumatlala. She's a private social worker and um, she'd like to make a few, well, she's a guest of ours and she's going to make a few comments about um, intergenerational relationships before we take a call from Tony. Um, Tepiso, thank you so much for joining us on Sidebar Cindy. Amen. Thank you for having me. Great. So I'm sure as you've been listening to the show, um, we're discussing, um, you know, um, relationships between an older person and a younger person, not necessarily, um, you know, a younger girl and an older man, but it can go either way. Um, What are your thoughts around um, intergenerational relationships, Tepiso? Well, I think first and foremost, relationships have some form of fulfillment or for lack of a better word, a compliment, you know? So when we get into relationships, there's some form of compliment or fulfillment that we need from that relationship. It's either extreme, it's either balanced, or it's either low. So in terms of saying that when two people come into a relationship and we put the topics like self-esteem, how your life experiences, how did you grow up, abuse, and all of these things, then most of the time we find one person dominating. Mm. So then obviously when it comes with age, there's more life experiences. So hence, going back to the thing of most of these men are married and obviously then the younger girl will be a side chick. With what I found with my clients is that the older men have wives who are, what we say, peers. We call peers, so the age gap is not that big. And then in their life stage where they are, you'll find that the children are grown so what we call the common project is over. So we don't talk about homework anymore. We don't talk about school fees. We don't talk about anything. And most of the time, both of us are accomplished in terms of our careers. So now I don't then depend on you as a wife anymore because we're no longer paying school fees. We're no longer doing anything. So there's excess money in our lives. So in that case, most of the time what happens is then as a father or as a husband, my roles then get cut down. So I then need a substitution of dependence. Therefore, they go out and then look for the younger woman who needs the attention, who needs the, you know, what can I wear? I need this, I need that, almost similar to what their children needed in their life. So that is my experience as being a counselor to say, most of the time, the older men that I have been found is that they have this as a form of substitution, so that they have a control over someone, they, you know, so they still have that fulfillment of saying somebody needs me because their life partner at that point in time does not need them anymore as much. Okay. Um, we'll take a call from Tony. Tony's calling us on 86 Good evening, Tony, and welcome to the show. Yes, how are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm great, thanks. Yes, um, I was laughing as uh, one of your guests, a male guest, 
uh, and he was saying, you know, mid-range is the worst because I work around mid-range and I'm a um, Uber guy, which obviously, you know, we experience this every single day. Mm, you're the right person. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, you're like an example. There's a, there's a lady who stays in Santen, you know, she's loaded, loaded, but she's dating a boy who's 24 years. She's about 49, and uh, the boy stays in Tembisa, but, uh, you know, the boy's got a private car, he's got a car and all of that. But the woman is paying and she's a housewife because the man is always traveling. Mm. You know, and obviously that means there's a transaction happening there. Mm. And yeah, we've got other clients that uh, obviously, you know, they will tell you, can you go and fetch this girl? We've got regular clients that we know that he's got about five young ladies that, you know, anytime he can call me to go and go and pick up those people. Mm. <laughs> so you're, and, so you're uh, describing like purely transactional relationships. Mm. Yes, but others like you find maybe you drop that person over the weekend and you go maybe after two days or three days to go and pick them up, you know. And uh, um, obviously with this, especially men, where they've got uh, apartments, which maybe even their wife does not even know of, mm. where we take this ladies there and over the weekend take this guy back like <clears throat> from the airport. True. You know, and um, yeah, that's what, uh, um, uh, you know, as you guys going in this topic, you know, I was telling my partner to say, you know what, Myself, if me and you, we separate, I don't think I'll be in a serious relationship again because it's so scary, mm. you know, and it's so painful because others, they're doing it for money. And this old man, they've seen that this woman, they like money, you know, and uh, with the foreign, an example, with the foreign guys, they will tell you that South African women, it's all about money, sex mm. and fun. Mm. You can give them 100,000 now, they will never even open a business. They will want to go and stay in Sunshine because they don't know what to do with it. Mm. Because now it goes back to say where you come from. Was there money at home? Mm. Um, are you educated? There's so many things that are happening uh, that we are seeing us, but in each and every day, it's money, alcohol, sex. Mm. Doc, if you would just allow me to... Thanks, Tony. Thank you for those <laughs> comments. <laughs> okay, Thank you, Tony. Um if you just allow me to flip the script a little bit. Um, and what I find as I write all these books, right, and I speak to a lot of young people in university institutions, and there's always a concept of male and female, which is husband and wife, agreeing for the husband to go find um, a young lamb to strengthen their marriage, you know, um, especially when these issues of continuous infidelity so the wife would give permission to the husband to go find somebody that would help and assist their marriage whether it be sexually or just for entertainment so that the wife is not pressured to do anything or vice versa if the man the husband is not fulfilling the wife's needs they would negotiate a deal to say instead of us divorcing how about we get you a young man this is what we will pay him and these are the roles he will play. So sometimes they would say, okay, in the face of everybody, we'll call him our PR guy. We'll call him our tennis coach. We'll call him our chef or whatever. If people ask why this young man is continuously around you, or we'll call him our driver, our private driver, or he's part of our private security. So most of the time, girls think that they found the blesser, but the couple finds them first.
they actually picked. So we may we may blame girls who end up with these men, but sometimes they just fall prey to an, a plan that was already in action. But but I believe I believe that the the, the minute there isn't there isn't a black woman that I know that would allow a man to go and cheat. No, and, honey. And, and, oh, no, and, honey. And the minute and the minute he and the minute she agrees, you must know she's already found someone because you're not pleasing her anymore. No, that's my I, po- opinion. It, for them, it's not cheating; it's saving a marriage. Right? They would not say you are cheating. It's an agreement between partners. It's like people who have an open marriage, mm-hmm. right? So they would say, listen, you have been so unhappy for three, five years, right? And it's either I'm working or I can't literally help you sexually. Maybe I've got diabetes or whatever it is, sickness that's preventing me from helping your situation. So I will volunteer money so that you're entertained. And this is how we're going to go about it so that it does not hurt our reputation. Mm. Do you understand? Yeah. So what we may think is a perfect marriage on social media, because now all these marriages are flaunted on social media, mm. that we are a happy couple, everything mm. is perfect. They literally buy people out to make sure that their marriage is sustained and it doesn't break and they, they don't go the divorce route, which can be extremely financially exhausting. So they would rather pay 100000 than lose millions. Yeah. Okay, well, well, just, yeah, just to jump in there, Utoguzani has an interesting, well, not interesting, he has, a, he has a comment. He says, is there a difference between intergenerational relationships, blessings and blessings, and sometimes unlawful cultural practices of marriages involving underage girls? Where are the lines drawn between choice, exploitation, and abuse? And I'm going to ask Ooh, um, our social worker, Tipisa yeah. Matlala, to comment on that. Tipisa, did you hear that? Um, you, did you hear the tweet I just read out? Yes, I did. Okay. Yes, um, I think yes. That 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 sometimes that that's the 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 gray area or the dilemma that we have. Because going back to what I said about relationships and having some form of security, fulfillment, and all these things. So when we call it codependency, right? So it means one, yeah. So one partner can have certain traits and because of a reputation, we then come and decide because we don't want people asking questions or things like that. So then we do something that is out of the norm. So... In terms of that going on and on, when we start hearing things recurrently, somewhere, somehow, in our minds of society, it then becomes a bit of a norm, you know? So that line sometimes becomes blurred to say, is it immoral behavior or is it really about saving marriages, you know? And even in that case of saving marriages, then that exploitation comes in. Because remember, if my certain fetish... Mm. I can't discuss it with my wife or I can't discuss it with my husband, mm. you know? Mm. Then then that already it becomes a problem because everybody has fantasies. I don't think there's nobody who, has, who doesn't have fantasies. Mm. And if we don't then negotiate the terms and conditions of our contract going in our marriage and we want to then discuss it when the proper hits the fan, that's where now we get these things of at the end of the day, we find somebody else to play a certain role that we did not discuss. And when we get to discuss it, it's an uncomfortable thing. So most of the time we'll say, go get someone because I'm frustrated now. You know, mm-hmm. not really. I, I don't really mean it, but because of my frustration, I'll say, go get the person, you know. And this person then, because of my need, remember, and most of the time these young ladies, they don't have life experiences. So they are actually looking for a relationship. And even when they're looking for that relationship in terms of the emotional part of it, remember, because we always socialize for the emotional part of the relationship. Mm. But then there's the money aspect in terms of survival. 
you know, because every day we do it. And, that's, and that's something that we can't, we can't ignore. Mm. Yeah. So now you have this person who needs, who has this emotional need they have to connect to a relationship. And then you have this person who then comes with the money because their emotional side now is even exhausted because now they can't even connect with their life partner that they chose. So now that's where the expectation comes in because now I find somebody who then say, I will do whatever it is that you want. So sometimes instead of balancing the equation, I then exploit it because there's nothing you can say to me. I, 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 you can't say no to me like my wife says no to me. Yes, yes. So I can't have no on both sides. So okay. that's when now the expectation comes in when it comes to this, you know, the blessed blessing relationship. Okay, thanks, Epizo. And this evening's topic is, is, is an interesting topic, the blessed blessing phenomenon, intergenerational relationships. I'll take a call from Shaku, who's calling us from Mondio. Um, good evening, Shaku, and welcome to Sidebar, Cindy. Hi, Dr. Cindy, how are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. Um, I just think my comment is around um, the way that the conversation is being framed right now. Yeah. I think it's great that we're talking about um, intergenerational relationships, but a lot of the conversation is around what the young women are doing wrong or not wrong, mm-hmm. um, whether they are mature or not mature. And that for me is something that you can't scientifically decide, you know. It's like girls in Midland are like this. That Those are huge generalizations. And mm-hmm. in a country where women are economically sidelined often, it makes sense that people would be forced to be in situations in where transactional they, um, relationships. Relationships, right? Yeah. So um, the bigger conversation should be around these men who are in relationships with these young women and what drives that? Because they are the ones who hold the power. You can't have a group of oppressed people mm. as it is and then have a conversation about uh, why are they acting like that? They're acting like that because they're in a situation where they need to, whether it is because of, um, which I don't even, I don't even like having that conversation about you lack something from the family. They say it is. Yeah, and I think, I think, and, and I was, yeah, and at the beginning, I think I, was, I made that comment as well that you can't look at a person's background and you know, mm-hmm. daddy issues, no father figure, and all that. I, I, I also don't agree with that. Um, yeah, that, so, that line so, of thinking. Yeah, so there's, there's lots of uh, behaviors that happen, but let's not um, side, like, make it about the side chick, the wife. The, mm. All of these women are in the story, but nobody's looking at the man who's actually the one who's in control of the situation to begin with. No, thank you so much, Laku, for that and for those comments. All right. Thank you. Bye. Okay, so That's taking more calls on 086-00-0959. Um, CP, so Laku made some interesting comments. Um, what would you like to say about that? Uh, going back to your comment, I tried making it very balanced, but I, it, it is, I did mention that thing to say as partners, you know, when, when there's that, I'm going back to the word that she doesn't like, but there's a, there's a lack, you know, I mean, we cannot have unfunctional behavior because we are content. Most of the time, unfunctional behavior becomes there's something that is missing and I can't communicate what is missing. So either I'll communicate it in my behavior or I'll communicate it with it with you sitting down. But with what is happening is that we are unable, most of the time is that we are unable to communicate our needs effectively. And even if sometimes it does happen as a man or as a woman in a relationship, the receiver does not receive it well. So it's either that I become frustrated with what you're saying to me because I know I can't meet your expectations or I can meet your expectations. So most of the time when expectations can't be met, we then come to a common ground of saying we find someone else outside, like was mentioned before, or somebody goes behind somebody's back because they can't then table their request because they know the next person will emotionally react or things like that. So we mostly have inappropriate behavior because of lack of content. 
Okay. Well, Alfie has a comment. He looks like he has something to say. <laughs> He's dying to say something. I'm just. Uh, it's uh, this is this is this is rough, people, because if 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 you look around, mostly people. I don't want to sound sexist, but mostly people that are easy to find. It's the ladies, because they post on Instagram. They, okay, but I don't know. Tell me. I don't know. Let me finish first. I don't know of any blesser that flashes and you think this one is always with stock. It's always, it's always, it's always. My, my book. I went in and did an investigation on six ladies that are very famous on Instagram. I'm pretty sure that if you're listening now, you could name them with your eyes closed and. Within that, you, you, every time that you, you balance the dots, you end up with a guy, but the girl is the one who's popping her head up normally. Um, hence, I even, right now, my second book is called Why Do Married Men Date Other Men? You know? And within that, it's so, I was telling you the other, oh, the other side that it is so hard to even get to chapter two because men are so secretive. The people who are so easy, and I'm I'm, I'm speaking from but a guy's from point you, of view. Yeah, from it's a guy's so point easy. of view, it's why so do easy. you think they date these girls? Why do they allow the situation I to become what it. it is? I did mention it. It's ego. Most of them are pretty much lonely, empty inside. Um, hence, I was against what you were saying that um, a wife will say to their husband, "Go through, get someone young," and because it's 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 totally nonsense. When you it's sitting, not nonsense. When you're I sitting, lived it. I know it happened. That's okay. It's that's a okay. thing. But I'm saying it from a guy's point of view. When you're sitting in front of um, a, a pastor and you say, "Till death do us part," <clears throat> you're not mentioning there's a point whereby I'm gonna not have be able to see your silver stripes as we aging together and go for a younger woman. Okay. Taking calls on 86 We have U Tato calling us um, on Cyber Cindy. Hi, Tato. Welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you. I'm great. Uh, firstly, I'd like to say it does not only happen with, with um, straight people. So I'm aware of a particular friend of mine who lives in Sanchez in a 4.5 million rent apartment who, whose life does not match him, his job, what he's doing, and where he lives, the cars he drives and stuff like that. Does not match. But the more I started reading the, the hockey club and I realized, oh, this is how it is. Mm. And when I look into this person's uh, lifestyle, lifestyle audit. From and they home, and they home back in, in where they live in a different province, um, I, I, I picked up that no man, it's not matching, you know. And the person just recently graduated and suddenly out of the blue, they're the head of whatever department where they're working. And she said, I don't want to, like, Mm. Exposed, exposed, yeah, there's, there's no need but for that, yeah. The more I read Jackie's book, I'm like, whoa, oh, okay, oh, I'm, I'm starting to look at the dog to say, oh, even gay people actually do this. Mm. Oh, wow. Mm. It's a thing, <laughs> it's really a thing, and people just feel like we are just sitting here and we're just sucking stories out of our thumb. It's a thing, yeah. it's something that's really happening. happening. You know, it's I real. think this conversation is to literally bring awareness to both of the sides yeah. and okay. how how wide it is it's not mm. just girl boy it can happen mm. in any whether it's transaction um transgender yeah. gay people anything like that these these th- it's a lifestyle it mm. happens everywhere okay. so we should not um exclude certain um people out okay. of it so we have um we have time for one more call and closing comments we have upenji calling us from midrange good evening penji and welcome to sidebar cindy good evening, Dr. Cindy. How are you? good thank you 
Yeah, just briefly, I think uh, for me, uh, I just have a problem with the framing of, of, of the entire conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, because first of all, the, the definition of intergenerational, I, I think we didn't quite frankly get to that. Okay. How do we define intergenerational? Because we might be rehashing something that has been there or throughout the generations, you know, because, I mean, if you look at marriage from a genesis point of view, it has always, uh, before it became about love, it has always been transactional. Whether uh, a family marries somebody off to, to, to another family, whether they're young or whatnot, but it's always been, um, you know, about procuring the future of that particular individual and whatnot. So so marriage, in if you look at marriage as a construct, has always been, uh, number one, as, a, as an economic institution, uh, and obviously, over the years, this evolved to become about love, and and so 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 that that for me, uh, the framing of it as, as intergenerational relationships is, is quite problematic. Okay, but that and that thing, I think that's why we we also then spoke about transactional because with these relationships, there's we you know we can't we can't deny that the 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 fact that there's something that's being exchanged. For, for money, just from, just from what Alfie and Jackie have spoken about. Obviously, you know, you can have other relationships between an older and a younger person where it's just purely love and, you know, by Tandana and, and we accept that. But today's topic is really more about when there's a transaction involved, transactional sex involved in that relationship. Benji? Hello? Okay. Uh, okay, I've... <laughs> Are you still there? Yes, yes. I'm okay, make here. your second point, um, and then we'll move on to Utsepiso. Yeah, my, my sorry, I interrupted is, you. Okay, sorry. <laughs> so my second point is on the transactional uh, 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 transactional aspect of it is, mm. is, you know, at what point do we say it's wrong or right? You know what I'm saying? Because also on on, the, on that perspective, it's also if you look at it from a genetic perspective. From a um, what? From a what perspective? I'm saying if you look at it uh, historically. Okay. The fact that it, 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 it's transactional, it might not necessarily be wrong or right. Obviously, it becomes wrong. And I mean, we're looking at it from a, from a, I think from a lens of South Africa where we've got huge inequalities where, um, the, you know, younger girls are obviously, uh, I would say, disadvantaged from that perspective where obviously they, they, they could be manipulated and they could be pieces and so on. Okay. But I think um, for me, I was just looking at it from a, you know, from, from, from marriage as, as, a, as a social construct and going okay. back. Okay, That's well, thank you so much for those comments, Benji. We're going to have this show again and we'll, we'll go deeper into this. Well, we've come to the end of the show because we are running a competition. Um, I'd like with Tepiso to just make one more comment and then I close off with the guests and then we go into our competition. Tepiso, um, closing comments on this evening's um, topic. I think my closing comments would be, especially just looking at it as a problematic area, is that we need to have our negotiation, looking at the fact that when couples go out to prey on younger girls or boys, because when we don't have the conversation, it then also exposes us to other diseases and, you know, it makes it a whole web. So when we're able to communicate and say yes or no to the conditions that I have, then we're able to make better decisions. Okay. And not prey on people. Thank you so much, Tepiso Matlala, for joining us on Cyber Cindy. Alfie, quick one closing off, and then Jackie, and then I'm running my competition. Well, what I can say is there's absolutely nothing we can do about it. We can only raise awareness. Um, in my book, I call it corporate prostitution. And um, yeah, it's, it's there. Every girl wants to slay, and um, Instagram puts a whole lot of pressure on them and American TV. So yeah, there's nothing we can do about them but that, than, than, than teach them. Um, I have a daughter, and I'm pretty sure that 
uh, as as someone who, who's growing, you would not want to have a daughter that's going to go that route. Okay, Jackie. <laughs> wow. Um, for me, this conversation is very touching um, because I, I look at a lot of young people and the people that I work with, whether it's through foundations or um, shelters, and you see the broken structures, whether it be male or female. And I think the reason why we should be telling stories or having conversations that are about this topic is that nobody has the guts to teach us or tell us the truth. Okay. So I just hope as they read all of the books, whether it's Bay or the Blessers Game or the Hockey Club, they find a way to get themselves out of a situation that could lead to something very dangerous. So let's just hope as we're having these conversations, the blessers are also listening to, to just realize that it's a generational curse that they're passing on to the next generation. Okay, thank you so much for being on my show. And, thank you. Um, yeah, and it's a very good evening. Sidebar with Cindy. Every Monday to Thursday, 7 to 8 p.m. on Kaya FM 95.9. Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM. FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.